The Obama administration opens the eastern seaboard to oil and gas exploration and other stories this July 20th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And it's This Week in Water. Freedom Industries is the company which allowed chemicals to spill into a river last January, contaminating the drinking water for hundreds of thousands of people in West Virginia. The company has agreed to a settlement of claims against it for $2.9 million. The settlement would not result in any direct payments to individuals. Instead, the money would be used to fund a trust for medical studies and chemical testing. Individuals would not be getting many money from the settlement because dividing the nearly $3 million available through Freedom's Insurance would have resulted in less than $10 per person. More than 20 lawsuits have been filed against Freedom, and this settlement would affect those cases, but others could still proceed against the company or its officials. And some may opt out of this settlement, but the likelihood of recovering more money from the defunct polluter appears to be slim. Last Friday, the Obama administration announced it's reopening the eastern seaboard to offshore oil and gas exploration for the first time in decades. The approval allows the use of sonic cannons that help industry locate energy deposits deep beneath the ocean floor. The decision promises to create plenty of jobs and delight the fossil fuel industry, but dismays environmentalists who worry about the immediate impact of wildlife, as well as the long-term implications of oil development. Sonic cannons shoot waves about 100 times louder than a jet engine. They are already in use in the Gulf of Mexico, off Alaska, and other areas around the world. The cannons send strong pulses of sound into the ocean every 10 seconds or so and are often fired continually for weeks or months. To get the permits for the work, companies will need whale-spotting observers on board and undersea acoustic tests will be required before mapping begins. Certain habitats will be closed during birthing or feeding seasons. While some states have passed drilling bans, the area being considered is farther off offshore in federal waters. The Bureau of Ocean Energy Management acknowledged that thousands of sea creatures will be harmed even as it approved the opening of the outer continental shelf from Delaware to Florida for exploration. Energy companies need the data as they prepare to apply for drilling leases in 2018 when current congressional limits are set to expire. To update a story we are following, on Friday last week, protests occurred in Detroit against the threat that the water department would turn off taps of many who had not paid their water bills. Police arrested nine protesters outside the offices of the company conducting the shutoffs. In March of this year, the Detroit Water Department hired private contractors to shut off water service to residents who are more than 60 days delinquent or owe more than $150. Although 38% of the population lives below the poverty line, the shutoffs began without a plan to help those who could not pay. A spokesperson for Detroit Water stated on Friday that there were no plans to delay or stop shutting off water to delinquent accounts. About 40 to 50% of their customers are in arrears. The water provider said that they are working with those who have legitimate problems paying their bills. The department says thousands of delinquent customers have had their water restored within 48 hours of paying 
overdue bills or enrolling in a payment plan. According to the Detroit News, there have already been about 42,000 shutoffs since July 2013. Next month, Los Angeles will have four water cops patrolling the 500 square miles of the city to enforce its conservation efforts. Los Angeles instituted mandatory water rules which restrict outdoor watering and prohibit certain uses of water. For instance, restaurants must ask patrons if they want water before offering them a glass, a rule that has been frequently violated. Up until now, there's been one water cop on the beat for the entire city. In L.A., water use has jumped 5% since last year, that despite penalties and dire warnings. About 4 million people are water users in the city of Los Angeles, so next month that means there will be about one cop per 1 million people. Until then, the lone enforcer says he'll be out there taking it one house at a time. In an update to another story we have been following, last week the environmental group Wild Earth Guardians filed the paperwork to start the process of suing the U.S. Forest Service to force it to do more to protect the meadow jumping mouse as an endangered species. In reaction, ranchers who graze their cattle in the Santa Fe National Forest are going to Washington, D.C. to object to a proposal to fence off 120 acres from grazing in areas where the mouse is prevalent. Wild Earth Guardians state that cattle grazing threatens the rodents' riparian habitat because cattle trample the vegetation on stream banks. The Forest Service has acknowledged its responsibility to protect the mouse as an endangered species. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has already proposed setting aside nearly 200 miles along stream and wetlands in three states to protect the mouse. A decision by the U.S. Forest Service is expected this fall. Now your groundwater update. A new feature on This Week in Water. California officials have halted operations at 11 oil and gas waste injection sites and called for a review of more than 100 others in the state's drought-ravaged Central Valley out of fear that companies may have been pumping fracking fluids and other toxic waste into aquifers. On July 7th, the state's Division of Oil and Gas and Geothermal Resources issued cease and desist orders to seven energy companies warning that they may be injecting their waste into aquifers that could be a source of drinking water and stating that their waste disposal, quote, poses danger to life, health, property, and natural resources. And now here's our intern Haley with some droplets from the world of science. In recent science news, water droplets are making waves. In an article from phys.org, water was found to have a higher affinity to negative charges, which could have an impact on the development of cell theory regarding the emergence of early life. In simple terms, water is the positive end of a magnet, and the negative ends of the environmental magnets attract water. This means that when life formed, it was likely that negative charges in the environment attracted water, which is vital to life. In other news, water could be charging cell phones and other electronic devices soon. R&D Mag, an online news network, posted an article about a team at MIT working with water, which discovered minute electrical charges being produced by water during condensation. This discovery could lead to new technology that could be charging cell phones just by absorbing humidity and could even purify water. It could be a few years before this technology will be as efficient as batteries are now, 
but it could help people in developing countries and eventually even have an impact closer to home. And finally, in a headline that sounds like it might have run in the satirical newspaper The Onion, the city of Wichita Falls, Texas announced it will begin using anti-evaporation powder on one of its reservoirs to help keep water in the lake. Public Works Director Russell Schreiber said Lake Arrowhead could soon be covered with a biodegradable lime powder that turns to a coating that could reduce evaporation by 30%. He describes the powder as looking like the chalk you'd see on baseball fields and says the coating sits on top of the water and won't interrupt recreation or boating because the film quickly reseals itself. It also won't interfere with water quality because water treatment plants pull water from the bottom of the lake. Schreiber says the city is close to exhausting almost all of their water management strategies, so trying something never tried before may be worth the chance to make every drop count. City councilors unanimously approve the testing for the next two and a half months at a cost of about $400,000. Extreme drought calls for extreme measures. Applying an antiperspirant to a lake? No sweat. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.